Hi, we're the Sherpa sisters from Malaysia. Azima, Amna, and me, Aisha, hosts of the My English Matters podcast. After spending eight years in the UK as children, we know the importance of mastering a second language. So we created myenglishmatters.com as a platform to help second language learners learn to speak, write, and communicate in English with confidence through our online courses, classes, and live workshops. The My English Matters podcast is an extension of all that we do. It's a place for us to connect with you on a whole new level. You can learn with us while you're on your commute to work, washing the dishes, or picking your kids up from school. So let's get started, shall we? This episode is an audio replay of one of our live sessions on the My English Matters Facebook page. Because it was live and on video, you may hear us make reference to slides, notes, or viewer comments. Hello there, hi, assalamualaikum. This is Amna here. Welcome back to another Facebook Live session with me, Amna, from My English Matters. I'm one of the creators of My English Matters, where we help Malaysians and second language learners improve their English through our online courses, our membership programs, and our workshops. So if you're watching me, say hello, tell me where you're watching from, and I like to have a little bit of engagement here. So today we are going to be talking about editing your writing. So I can see Aisha here. Hi, Aisha. I'll say hello to some of you before we officially start. Um, okay, so how to edit your writing. Now, this is something that many people tend to um, not do. People don't really edit their work. A lot of people just focus on the writing part. But when it comes to writing, at least for my ex own experience, there are like three phases of writing. So there is the planning stage of the writing. There is the editing stage, sorry, there's the writing stage and there's the editing stage. So three phases, the planning, the writing and the editing. Okay, I can see Nigel, I can see Dewi, Fazliana, Sagittarius, Umi, Suju, Sujono. Okay, thanks for saying hello to me. It's great to see you here. RH Roses, Lean. Okay, so I'm talking about the three stages of writing, which is the planning, the writing and the editing. So when it comes to writing, um, for me, I tend to prefer the editing stage. So when you're planning your writing, you are thinking about who you're, who you're going to write to, what are you writing for, what is the format that you're going to use, what's the tone of voice of your writing, the style that you're going to write. So that's basically the planning. It doesn't usually take long, but if it's like if you're writing something that's really uh, complex, then you may need to have spend longer time planning. And then the writing part is where you write based on the plan that you did before the writing. And then the editing part is my favorite part. It's where you go through your writing and you edit here and there, you change things, you change your flow, you change words, you cut out sentences, you cut out some words. So do not uh, do not abandon this stage of writing. So you don't just write and then you submit or you just write and then you send. The editing part is almost as important as the writing itself, okay? So I'm gonna share with you a few tips on how to edit your writing. Most of the time we have to edit our own work, right? There are some times where you may hire people to edit for you. I used to be an editor 
a few years back. I've stopped doing that. So you may, if it's something important, like an academic thesis or something, then you may need to hire somebody to edit your work. But most of the time we're editing our own work. It could be the daily emails that you send to your colleagues and stuff. So you have to be able to edit it for yourself. So I'm going to share with you a few tips. I have seven tips on how to edit your writing. So let me show you the slides. Okay, I can see you, Muhammad Yusri, uh, Tini, Chit Rosna, Zargus, uh, Nui Roro, Nurul Anis, Wanjazila, Yeni. Hello, Sabri. All right. Okay. How to edit your writing. My first tip is take a break. So after you've done some writing, uh, it's good for you to take a break, right? To If you have time, if it's not an urgent email, if it's not an urgent piece of writing, go away from your computer. Get up, get out of the seat that you're in, that you've been sitting in when you're writing. Get out of your seat, you know, go outside, take a walk if you can, go downstairs, go to the kitchen, have a glass of water. It's good to get yourself in a new frame of mind when you are editing. Because when you are writing, you have a sort of attachment to it and your, your, the mindset that you're in is that you're writing, you're getting your thoughts out. But when you are editing, you need to have a different mindset. You have to be a bit more objective so you don't have that emotional attachment to it because when you're writing, you're very, well, for me, I tend to get attached to my work and I have some emotional attachment to it. So I like to take a break, you know, I like to maybe... It's maybe, you know, you want to look at your phone for a bit. Just get yourself out of that mindset of that writing and get into that editing mindset so that you can look at your work objectively and also look at it with a different frame of mind. So taking a break is good for you. And when you take a break and you have a different mindset or a different frame of mind, you tend to spot mistakes better that way or you will see that, oh, okay, this, the writing, the flow of this is not working. I have to move some paragraphs up here, some paragraphs down there. So that helps. That's why people hire other people to edit their work, because we may not be able to spot our own mistakes. But if you have to edit your own work, uh, take a break before you do it. Okay? Ariba says, agree. After take a break, I can notice my mistakes from writing. Yeah, that's true. Number two, read your work out loud. Um, I don't usually read my work out loud but sometimes i do and when i do it really helps especially because when you are writing it's actually your thoughts on a piece of paper right and when you are reading your words out loud you are able to hear how the sound how the words sound and when you hear it you feel oh that's when you notice oh okay um, maybe this part is not suitable. So it's a different way of seeing your work when you hear it. So when you read it out loud, it's a different way of seeing how your words sound rather than just reading it in your mind. And then sometimes when you read it out loud, you notice that, oh, this word is not supposed to be here or, you know, this, this part is not necessary or this part is too long. Another tip that I can share with you is that if you're reading your sentences out loud, and you can't read one sentence in one breath, then maybe the sentence is a bit too long. So this brings me to my next tip, which is number three, shorten your sentences by replacing and or but with a full stop. 
Now, when we are writing, we tend to write the way that we speak or we tend to write the way that we think. And the way that we think is that everything is joined together. We don't tend to think with full stops in the middle of our thoughts, right? So when you write like that, it's okay to write like that, but when it comes to editing it, look for certain sentences that may be too long. And um, maybe you have a lot of and in your writing and you have a lot of but there. So maybe you could find these ands and instead of, and replace the and with a full stop or replace the but with a full stop. And you could use linking words to join one sentence to the other. So with and you could use words like plus or you know besides or, or, or but you could say however. So those are examples of linking words that you could use. You can look online for more examples of linking words, but it's good to keep your sentences short because sometimes uh, when you have a long sentence and you want to be more impactful, it's a bit harder because when people are reading a sentence, they see too many points in one sentence and they, the message may get lost. So if you want to be more impactful with your words in writing, it's sometimes better to keep your sentences short. So keep it to one point per sentence. And it's important to have a variety. So some words, some sentences are long, some sentences are short, but if all your sentences are long, then find a way to shorten your sentences. It's always better to be concise in writing rather than rambling on. Or maybe you have too many examples. So last week, I did a Facebook Live about the difference between IE and EG. So if you want to share examples, you don't need to share so many examples. You could just, if you use uh, the abbreviation EG, you could just give one or two examples because EG already implies that there are some examples that are not in the list. So it's good to shorten your sentences. And I just want to tell you that a lot of people think that the longer the sentences you have, you write, the smarter you sound, which is actually not true. I did a lot of editing of academic work and I found that uh, people tend to write really long sentences because they think it will they will sound smarter. But I think the shorter the sentences that you have, the more impactful that your writing is so that people are reading it and they understand, okay, this is the point that she's trying to share in this sentence. Okay. And another thing, I wanted to say something, but I forgot, but never mind. Shorten your sentences by replacing and or but with a full stop. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. Uh, cut out redundant words or points. Oh, I wanted, this is what I wanted to say. I wanted to say that when you are writing, you are, there's this quote that I heard about, when you're writing, you're writing for yourself, but when you're editing, you're editing for the reader. So just remember, even if you're writing a boring report, a scientific report or something academic, there's always a human being that is going to be reading your work, right? And what's important is that you get your message across. So having longer sentences may confuse your reader and you know, you're not going to get the impact that you want from your writing if your sentences are too long. So just remember that you are writing for someone to read, unless you're writing in a diary, which, you know, even that, even when I write in my diary and I read it back, I'm like, what did I write? I just don't understand. So just remember, when you're writing, you're writing for yourself. But when you're editing, you're editing for the reader. All right. This is tip number four. Cut out redund redundant words or points. What do I mean by that? 
Okay, redundant. What does redundancy mean? Redundancy means words that are repeated or words that are not necessary because you've already used another word before that. So it has the same meaning, right? You're not, you, so it may sound like you are repeating yourself. Now, when you are speaking, it's okay to maybe use some redundant words because you want to create some drama, you want to be a bit more, you want to exaggerate more or you want to get your message across so you use a lot of adjectives or you use a lot of adverbs. But when it comes to writing, people tend to skim through. I do, when I read, I read quite fast. So I just pick up the important points that I need. So when you're writing, you want to remain concise, which means that you want to share something with as little words as possible. But it's different if you're probably writing fiction or something, you may want to use more adjectives, but when it comes to professional and business writing, it's better to be concise and avoid redundancy. So I have a few examples here that I wrote down in my book, um, redundant words that you may use that you can avoid. Uh, adjectives. So here's an example of a sentence that I found online. He slowly, carefully, and quietly walked past the guards, right? So if I wanted to write this and I wanted to be more concise, I could just say, he crept past the guards. So I, I replaced the words slowly, carefully, and quietly I replaced it with crept. So crept is a verb, a verb that means to walk slowly, carefully, and quietly. So that's how you can uh, reduce some of these adjectives that you may use a lot of. Now, remember, it's really up to you whether you want to use a lot of adjectives or not. But if the uh, objective of your writing is to be concise, then try to look for adjectives which can be replaced with the proper verbs or nouns, okay? Another example of redundancy is when we are using pairs and categories. For example, the, the phrase each individual, you could just say each, right? Another one, unexpected surprise. So you could just use the word surprise, right? Surprise is unexpected. Just use the word surprise. You could just delete the word unexpected. Another one is the final outcome final outcome. When I say it, it sounds really dramatic, but when I write it, I would just probably say outcome. I don't need to say final because outcome is already final. More redundancies. Terrible tragedy. Okay, a tragedy is already terrible. So you could just say tragedy. Remember, when I'm speaking, I might want to say, you know, I experienced a terrible tragedy last week because I want to create drama. I want you to feel sorry for me or feel some empathy for me. But when it comes to writing, it's okay to say, to say tragedy. And this is a popular one among Malaysians and second language, uh, sorry, and Singaporeans. Double confirm, right? You could just say confirm. It's actually grammatically incorrect to say double confirm. I wrote a post about this some time back about double confirm. If you are confirmed with something, then it's just confirm. You don't there's no such thing as double confirm. You can double check to check on something again. You can reconfirm, but there's no such thing as double confirm. 
I had a friend once, uh, well, she's still a friend, but I haven't met her in a long time. And if I asked her a question, I'm like, are you sure? And then she would always say, confirm.com. Because sometimes we feel like just the word confirm itself is not enough. So we want to use like confirm.com, double confirm, but confirm is enough. Okay, this is another one that um, many Malaysians tend to make this mistake. Um, heavy in weight. You could just say heavy. No need to say, no need to write heavy in weight. It's just heavy, right? Uh, another one that Malaysians tend to, a mistake that Malaysians tend to say is red color or blue color, black color. You don't need to say the word color. I understand that in the Malay language, I don't know about other languages because I only speak Malay and English. Uh, we In Malay, we tend to say warna hitam, warna merah, warna biru. And so when we want to speak in English, we want to say red color, blue color, black color. But you don't need to say the word color. You could just say the, the, the word of the color itself, red, black blue uh, another one please come at an early time you could just say please come early so early is already related to time right so you could just say please come early uh, unusual in nature unusual in nature so you would just say unusual so those are some examples of how your words or your points can be redundant and how you can simplify your writing keep it concise yeah, that's tip number four Right, chickbuskolakonfirm.com. <laughs> Number five. Oh, wait, adibasis. Does this mean that in writing we should not use adjective? Yes, you can use adjective, but maybe if you are, if you want to be concise, um, if it's professional writing, business writing, you may want to use less adjectives. If you can find another verb or another noun that replaces those adjectives, then maybe it's better that way. So it's really up to you, up to your preference. If you want to sound, uh, if you're writing fiction or a story kind of writing, then adjectives would be suitable. So it really depends on what you're writing and who you're writing to. But these are examples of how you can be more concise in your writing. Anim says redundancy is to meet the required amount of words in an essay. Correct, right? I remember back in high school, where they would give us like uh, exam questions like write this in 120 words. I think a lot of people can do that now because we're just so used to writing in Facebook or in Twitter where there's like a limited number of words. So that shouldn't be a problem now, right? Um, and Nigel says, so redundant means that you don't have to say right words which are unnecessary. Yeah, so redundant, redundant what that means is that uh, words that have already been said before. So it sounds like you are repeating yourself or it's just not necessary, okay? Yes, Aisha says redundant words are words that are unnecessary. Okay, uh, number five, simplify your writing by removing unnecessary or obvious details. So this is kind of related to my tip number four, which is removing redundant words but it's a bit more advanced. So if you are an advanced learner, you can apply this, but I just want to share with you because I know we have people who are a bit more advanced watching as well. So I'm gonna show you an example of um, a sentence that is just too long, okay? Uh, I've got this example online. I didn't create my own, own example. <laughs> 
I received the notification that you sent to me yesterday regarding the imminent construction on my property, but in the message, you neglected to report the time you plan to arrive at my residence. Could you kindly, at some point in the next few days, relay to me the information of what time I may be expecting the workers? Okay, This is an exaggerated version of a sentence or, or of a paragraph that's very long, but if you just shortened it, it would be like this. I received your message about the construction of my house, but you didn't say what time the workers were arriving. Please let me know soon. Okay. So as you can see, there are so many unnecessary uh, words here and phrases. I received your message. It's more um, simple to say net message rather than to just say notification. Um, and then that you sent to me yesterday. You don't need to say that you sent to me yesterday because I'm sure that person who who is receiving this message knows that uh, the message was sent yesterday. Regarding the imminent construction on my property, so that was deleted out, but in the message that is deleted out, you neglected to report the time. So you neglected to report the time. You could just say, but you didn't say what time the workers were arriving. Okay, could you, and then you just this person repeats, repeats again this residence part where we've already said the house, so everybody knows that we're implying the house. And then could you kindly, at some point in the next few days, blah, 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 please let me know soon would be better. So that's how you can shorten your sentences, shorten your paragraph, make it concise and clear. Because sometimes when you, if a person is reading this, they're like, what is this person trying to say? What is the message? So it's important to just be clear on the message. You don't need to use big words like imminent or neglected. We're not trying to prove anything to anyone, not trying to prove that we're smart. What's important is the message itself. And it can be relayed in different ways that are simple, concise, easy to understand by everyday people. Okay, so that's my example. That was my tip for number five, which was to simplify your writing by removing unnecessary or obvious details. Because I, we always get this question from students and subscribers saying like, do I have to use big words? Do I have to use long sentences? And, I, and we always say, you don't have to use big words, use words that people understand. And you don't have to write really long sentences, keep your sentences short, simple and easy to understand. Number six, use the spelling and grammar tool in Microsoft Word. Do you know about this spelling and grammar tool? Um, I thought that everybody knew about this, but recently we got a question from someone uh, asking us, uh, how do I, uh, she, she was asking us about how do I uh, check that I'm using the correct spelling when I write. So if you're writing uh, in Microsoft Word, there is this tool, I can't show it here. I tried to show it uh, on screen when I was doing the rehearsal, but uh, it didn't come up. But anyway, when you go to Microsoft Word, there's like, like a toolbar at the top, right? And then you click on tools, and then you click on spelling and grammar. And then when you click on that spelling and grammar, they will check your spelling and the grammar for you. So usually I would do this last after I've edited everything, after I'm happy with my work, I would do the use the spelling and grammar tool. And um, But remember that even the spelling and grammar tool, they may miss out on certain the spelling of certain words because the spelling may be right, but it may not be the right word for that sentence. So you still need that human element to edit your work, but the spelling and grammar tool should be used last. Uh, another thing is that 
you have to be clear on the language that you want to use. So either it's British English or American English. So Microsoft Word, they, by default, it's the American English. But we as Malaysians, we are used to the British English. I like to use the British English uh, spelling as well of words. So if you are not comfortable with using the American English uh, default in the Microsoft Word, you can change that. So you just go to tools. There's a toolbar at the top. Uh, go to tools, go to language. So when you click on tools, there's like a menu bar that drops down. You go to language, search for the language that you want to use. Uh, I would use English UK. So there's English US, English Australian, English Canadian. So click on British English, so English UK. Um, we are Malaysians, we usually use British English. That's the, that's the uh, standard that we use at school. And then you click on default. So when you click on default, the whole document changes to the British English. And if there are any spellings that are American, uh, they would like have a, a red squiggly line below it. So if I were to uh, spell the word analyze in American, it would be A-N-A-L-Y-Z-E. But in British, it's A-N-A-L-Y-S-E. So if I changed that to the American, sorry, to the British way, and I spelled it with a Z, then there would be a squiggly line. So that's how I would know that the spelling is incorrect in British English. Okay, I hope that's not confusing. But yeah, you can set the language that you use. Just remember, and then I, we always get this question, like how do you, do you spell words like analyze, organize, anything with I's, do you spell it with Z or S? If it's American English, it's with a Z. If it's British English, it's with S. Most of the time, in general, when it comes to uh, the words that end with I's, organization, civilization, okay, in general, okay? So if that may help you, if you didn't know, already know this, okay? I thought a lot of people knew, but it seems that some people still don't know this. So I hope that's helpful. Um, yeah, so Rose says, yes, it's advisable to check first which English setting, it, setting is on before you start typing. And Nigel says, yes, I know that feature. It autocorrects your spelling. Yeah. Uh, Adipa says she uses Grammarly. Yeah, Grammarly is great. I've, I don't personally use Grammarly, but I like to read their articles when I need to do some research. Okay. Anim says we have Grammarly now. I've never tried it. Let us know how Grammarly works, if you like it. Um, however, this applies for Microsoft Word. If you're writing an email, I know that Gmail tends to highlight words that are, that are spelled incorrectly. And they also, I don't know if they highlight grammar mistakes as well. But yeah, Gmail does. I don't know if you use Microsoft Gmail, email or other Yahoo Mail and all that. I'm not sure about that, but I know Gmail has that. But Microsoft Word is the most um, complete, as in it's very, it's quite, it's a bit more accurate. Okay. Now this is my last tip: read your writing in its final format. What do I mean by that? Now, I could say print it out. If you are writing for um, something that needs to be printed out it's good for you to read it out when it's printed. So the final format is in the printed form. Okay, so print it out and look at 
you're spending. Now, because sometimes when we have, we're looking at a piece of work that we've been writing on for too long, we've seen it in the same format, we tend to miss out any uh, upper incorrect spellings and uh, the flow is not right or the tenses are not right. So when you print it out, you see it in a different way, you see it in a different light or a different format. And that's how you can spot mistakes better. Um, I don't do that because most of my writing uh, are online and I don't like to waste paper. But I remember I used to do that when we were in high school and when we were in university, when we had to like print out assignments and stuff, we would print it out. And then when you print it out, I'm like, oh gosh, there's a spelling mistake and we had to print it again, right? <laughs> so does that happen to you? Yeah, but uh, if your work is online or everything is in the soft copy. Um, so for me, if I send an email, if it's an important email, I would send myself a test email. It's really important if I have time, um, but not. I don't do that for all everyday emails. But if I have an important email, say if it's an important an email that I want to send to a potential employer, so I would test, send a test email to myself, see in a different light, see in a different format. Because when you are writing your email, the window. If I'm writing an email in Gmail, the the compose email is a bit smaller. But when I send it and I open it in my inbox, it just looks different. So when, when it looks different, I'm able to see, oh, okay, I need, I need a space bar here. I need an extra paragraph here. Or I need some space between these paragraphs. So it's good to see it in its final format. If you are um, presenting your work on slides, um, it's good to present it before, it's like a rehearsal before the actual presentation. So that's what I did here today, this morning. Um, I would play the slides. I'm using Google Slides. So there's like a button at the top that says present. Where is it play? I think in PowerPoint, it's play, right? Play the slides, play the slideshow. So that way I can see that the transitions are working, the animations are working, um, my spelling is correct. Sometimes I don't notice that I've spelled something wrong when I'm doing it in the normal format, but when I'm presenting it, or I'm rehearsing, that's when I notice some mistakes here and there. So reading your writing in its final format is important. Okay, those are my seven tips. Let's just do a quick recap. I hope that was helpful. How to edit your writing. Number one, take a break. Number two, read your work out loud. Number three, shorten your sentences by replacing and or but with a full stop. Number four, cut out redundant words or points. Number five, simplify your writing by removing unnecessary or obvious details. Number six, use the spelling and grammar tool in Microsoft Word. And number seven, read your writing in its final format. Okay, I hope that was helpful. Uh, let me see, if do we have any questions before we end uh, how to reduce the tendency to use a passive sentence when it comes to writing i would say if this is a problem that you have that you tend to use a passive sentence when you're writing just write just get your thoughts out just follow the flow that you had planned before you before you began writing and then when it comes to editing you have to actively search for words that are passive and if you are writing for blogs, there are plugins that you can use 
to check that your words are in the active or the passive voice. So I'm not sure whether Grammarly does that. Maybe you can check Grammarly, whether they can check for you. But if not, then you have to read it yourself, read your work yourself. And if you find that you're using a lot of passive sentences, then you try to change it into the active sentence. And the more that you write in the active sentence, the easier it gets and the more natural it becomes for you to write in the active sentence. Okay, um, this one, Ina. Teacher, may I know, can or not, if we use both in essay, American and British English in the essay, I would prefer that you stick to one, be consistent, because if you are writing uh, in Microsoft Word, it's easier for you to maintain American English or British English. But when it comes to if you're writing with a pen, it's a bit harder for you to know whether it's the American or British, but in general, stick to one, uh, be consistent. Whether you want to use American English or British English, stick to one. Uh, Nordida, can I know what app do you use to do this video? I'm using StreamYard, streamyard.com, where they can, where we can share the slides and stuff like that. There's a free version, but this one's the paid version. If there's a free version, there's like a logo at the top. Uh, Dewi, how to know your sentence is repeated with different sentence and the same meaning. That's why it's important for you to edit. So just read it yourself, read it in a different way. Maybe you could give yourself a break to go back to your writing. Because sometimes uh, I still edit my old blog posts that I wrote like a couple years ago, three years ago. And then I notice my own mistakes. So I notice that, oh, I don't need this word or this this part is redundant, I could just edit it. So I'm always editing myself. So it's good to take a break, take a break from writing to edit your work and be objective towards your own work. You don't need to feel a sort of, sort of attachment to it. I know some words are like you feel, when you write a word, you're like, oh, I love this word, I want to use this word. But if it's not important, if it's redundant, then take it out. That's why I advise you to take a break and read it again. And always question yourself, read it as if you were the reader that it's intended for. Okay. Um, right, so that's all for me for today. I hope that you will join us at myenglishmatters.com. If you have not yet joined us, go to myenglishmatters.com. Once you join us, you will get seven tips to help you speak with confidence. And then we send you emails every Thursday. And we also send emails whenever we open registration for any of our programs. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope this has been helpful. If it was, don't forget to share this video with all your friends and your Facebook friends. And I hope to see you again next week, inshallah, next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Bye. Assalamualaikum. Thanks for listening to this episode of the My English Matters podcast. Make sure to click the subscribe button on this podcast if you haven't yet. Now, if you'd like to learn even more with us, we have a free training called Speaking with Confidence, where we send seven tips to your email. You'll also get weekly emails with tips and lessons to help you improve your English. Join us at myenglishmatters.com.